welcome to the Sharp Side Podcast. I'm your host, Chaz Parada, and joining me to break down week eight of the college football season, James Bitter is back. You guys no longer have to listen to me drone on and on as I'm very tired and just want to get the uh, college pods over with. Um, I'm very happy to have someone to bounce things off of, James. I was getting some negative reviews on my uh, on my last college pod, so thank you for being here. Of course. Uh, I took a brief hiatus, but in my absence, I actually did pretty well tweeting picks. Finally got back over the 500 mark, so it's good to be back. We also had a – I forgot to tweet out your picks, or did you tweet them out last weekend? I think you tweeted them both out a screenshot. Okay. I don't remember doing that, but – I hope I did. I can probably go look. Um, to update our records, I'm 18 and 12. James is half a game behind me at 17, 12, and 1. Very good records, seeing as we both had losing records. What was it? Three weeks Two, ago. Three weeks ago? Yeah. So we have turned it around. We promised we'd write the ship, and we did. Um, just kind of briefly go over some of the news. Eddie O is gone. Um, LSU is going to be looking for a new coach. I bet on Florida last week, and <laughs> I'm just I hate Ed Orgeron and I hate Florida. I'm, that game just pissed me off. Um, although seeing Anthony Richardson play was very excited, um, it got me thinking. I, I already have my national title prediction for next year Anthony Richardson versus Caleb Williams. That would <laughs> be fun, be a lot of points, it would be a lot of points. Um, but yeah, uh, good a good record so far on our uh, bets. Last week, though, seemingly everything outside of like my bets from the podcast, I think I went three and two last week. So like, no, sixty percent last week ain't bad. But I think I lost literally every other bet. So it was good that I picked the ones that I did. Um, uh, Georgia kept on trucking last week. They handled. What I what I thought was a pretty impressive performance from K- Kentucky. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean Kentucky held their own. They uh, they covered the number, so it's got to be semi impressive. Um, and like statistically, like I think I made a joke that uh, texting you. I think I said that, like that was the most. That's like the most impressive two hundred fifty yard uh, or two hundred fifty total yard performance I've seen all year. Um, which like. Yeah. I had very low expectations for the offense kind of coming in, but they were able to move the ball enough to stay within the numbers. So kudos to Kentucky for doing that. Um, my next note, here's a question. James, is Oklahoma State good? I wouldn't put them in that category yet, but they are making their way up my list. Um, did, were you able to watch any of that game? I was not, but looking at the box score, doesn't it? It looks like the score didn't lie. It's like the first first game I've actually looked at and the box score told like a pretty reasonable truth. Um, but I mean, we'll get into them a little later. Yeah, uh, we will for sure. That'll be the first game we talked about. Um, I I was impressed. I just, I think they were able to kind of, um, like their strengths matched up with Texas' weaknesses really well. And like that just kind of, gave them a boost they hit they hit my team total for me which i was very happy there was a a big i think a pick six at the end or something like that which i was very excited about because I, I i was i felt felt like i was drawing dead for a little bit and it was it was a good feeling um and then my i i can pretty much just burn my Bijan robinson and casey thompson heisman tickets as fun as they were to have for a couple of weeks so yeah. that was a bummer but um and then this is my my final question so the college football playoff is uh, slowly taking shape. I would say that barring some un- unforeseen, I guess Georgia might not think it's a miracle, but I would call it a miracle. If like Georgia loses some random game, say to like Florida or something like that. Um, and I don't really see Cincinnati losing either. Um, what would you, what would you personally uh, line Georgia versus uh, Cincinnati? 15 and a half. Okay, I was going to say uh, Georgia minus 14 and a half. Yeah, uh, I was between 14 and a half and 17 and a half. And then using Kentucky as kind of the barometer at 23, I think since it's probably about a oh, touchdown better than them. So uh, right, and, in that, right in that range. And I like with, with a total of like 48, 47. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's what it was last year in the bowl game. I think it was like. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Oh my gosh, I just completely forgot they played last year. That was yep. a, that was a close game too. Georgia or Georgia won that at the end. Yeah. Um, we were on the over, and we were in uh, Santa Barbara. I was watching, oh, just like that's pulling, right, pulling hairs out. Um. Ooh, that that was a morning for sure. Um. And then I'd imagine Oklahoma, they they have a couple more roadblocks coming. But so my next question comes to, so Cincinnati goes undefeated. I would imagine that they get in. Would you like, do you see yeah. envision any scenario where they're undefeated and the committee doesn't put them in? No, I'd say Oklahoma is ahead of them. And then you can take a one loss Big Ten school, but there's no other scenario. Well, so then what if Bama beats Georgia is, was my next question. Oh, well, then I can't, I don't think you can leave them out. I mean, they're, they're ranked number two right now. Like you can't, if they win every game, there's no reason they drop three, three spots in the polls. That's true. That's reasonable. So uh, I, I think it's probably the big 10 or if Oklahoma runs the table, well, you can't leave them out. So it'd probably be the big 10 getting left out. Okay. Makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Bama de- uh, loses to Georgia. I don't, I, I am it. I think I might be as it's setting up now. If I'm getting a small money line dog price on Bama, I think I might be betting that. But um, I, uh, I think getting Cincy, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ohio State would make for a very, very fun uh, college football playoff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We ready to hit uh, these games? Yeah, let's, let's jump in. All right. Uh, first game, Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Iowa State is uh, lane seven. Total is at 47. Uh, James, where are we looking here? I leaned Oklahoma State in this one. I think Iowa State's getting a lot of love. Everyone knows now it's Brocktober. They've just absolutely demolished their last two opponents. Uh, the box score doesn't really tell the truth last week what happened in K-State. They dominated that game. Um, and then the week before, I think they beat Kansas by 60. So Brocktober's in full effect here, but Oklahoma State did show me a little bit last week, and then they have beat Iowa State the last two years with both coming in Brocktober. So I lean that way here. I just think seven's a lot, um, a lot to lay in a, to- a game total at 47. Uh, and I think Oklahoma State's defense can do enough to keep them in this one for sure. Uh, their defense has played really well this year. It's their offense that, it's their offense that worries me a little bit. Um, as long as Spencer Sanders doesn't turn the ball over, I think they could probably stay within this number. I think Iowa State is probably a pretty good money line piece if you want to play them in a parlay. But other than that, you should probably stay in one way. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I I think I was – it's just – I was hoping we'd get, like, an Iowa State three, which, like, that might have been uh, a, a pipe – a little bit of a pipe dream there. But um, I, I just really want to bet against Oklahoma State. And I, I, I do think that – Iowa State's defense is good enough to kind of have Oklahoma State in a tough spot, especially at home. Um, my only worry is that uh, they just try and run, like run the ball too much because while like they have a great running back, I wouldn't really say that's what they do best. Um, yeah, I, I think you know I think I will just kind of be trusting in October. It's a phenomenon we can't explain it, um, but the man just covers in October, and so. Uh, give me the Iowa State Cyclones uh, laying the seven. Um, next game. Oregon at UCLA. UCLA is laying, uh, I believe this is one now. Total is at 60 and a half. James, what are we thinking here? Uh, this is just another lean for me. I lean to UCLA. Um, the main reason for this is just if you watch, if you watch the Pac-12 or if you've been watching for long enough, you know this time of the year, Whatever can go wrong for the conference is going to happen. Oregon, their only chance at the college football playoff, uh, and this is probably their toughest game remaining on the schedule. I think this is where they slip up again and eliminate themselves from the playoff contention. I just think UCLA is good, and I think uh, the spot lines up really well for them. Um, they've been a really good home team this year outside of that game against Fresno, which was a total flat spot off the LSU game. Um, but I just think UCLA has the weapons to beat them. And Oregon has not covered a game since beating Ohio State. I just think they're overvalued still, even without covering. And UCLA minus one feels pretty right, but probably no play for me. Got it. Um, 
I will note, I think Kayvon Thibodeau was so impressive in the second half of that Cal game. I, oh, I watched, yeah. He was I watched a lot ball. of that. He was a wrecking ball. It was super impressive, I think. Um, so, and, but like, I think if I could choose one coach to kind of scheme up against like a dominant DN like that, Chip Kelly would be pretty close to the top of that list. Um, just because, like, of how creative he is running the ball and setting up easy passes. And when you have a quarterback like DTR, who, hey, I'll, I'll admit, I was a big time detractor of his just coming into the year. Um, t- I talked a lot, I talked a lot of shit. Um, he, overall, he's proven me wrong for the most part. Just he's been, he's been very solid in structure and has been able to get so much done with his legs. Um, I think that when you kind of have someone dynamic like that, it does neutralize um, what uh, Thibodeau brings to the table. Um, and then I'm with you. Like I, I think Oregon has issues of their own. Like they have been terrible against the pass, which I just think should make DTR's time even more easy, like even uh, even easier than it has been. And if they are forced to like load the box and UCLA is running the ball on them, which is what they do best, then like there's going to be a, even more of a disadvantage. So. And on top of that, like, I'm not a believer in Anthony Brown. I, they've lost a lot on offense just due to CJ Verdell getting hurt for, uh, for the rest of the year. Um, so give me UCLA. I think now that minus one, I think that's way too short. Um, so I'm, I'm riding with the Bruins this weekend. I also, I think Cristobal just sucks in game. He just makes a bunch of stupid decisions that I don't like. So it's part of that's definitely plays into it a bit. Um, the Pittsburgh Panthers, uh, they're uh, in first place in the ACC or is, or in the Coastal anyways? Yeah, they haven't lost in the ACC playoff. Just a Western, Western Michigan, the usual pick game. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they got it out of their system. Uh, they're laying three, hosting Clemson. Um, the total is at 47 and a half. James, can you give me any good reason why Clemson is able to win it, uh, can win a shootout with Pitt? They can't win a shootout. Their offense is just too inept. The only the game they win is a 17-14 type of game. And honestly, I just think Pitts uh, – I just think Pitts too good this year. That new revved-up pass-first offense, which is just light and day from what they've done in the past, run, 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 Brennan run, Marion. pass. He's yep. a visionary. It is crazy how much better they are offensively. Kenny Pickett is actually cooking. I never thought I'd say those words. I, I debated about him on a today. Hit. Yeah, I, it's not a horrible <laughs> bet. They might be the ACC champ. This conference is downright dog shit. Well, and uh, if you look at the defenses he plays, it's my, like it's like, I mean, like Clemson's is good, but like if you, he just wins here, it'll be like a good a good mark on his case. But like he plays Miami, terrible defense. North Carolina, terrible defense. Duke, terrible defense. Yeah, and, and it's and then he'll go up against Wake in the or most likely Wake in the ACC championship, which another Good terrible God. defense. And like that game's going to be 63 to 60. My God. That would actually be fun I, game to watch. I mean, yeah. If you would have told me Pitt Wake before the end of the year, which still is not set in stone, I would have said you are a maniac. But any, anyways, I think I will be betting Pitt minus three here. Uh, I just think Clemson can't keep up. Yes, their defense is really good. It's just that offense really turns me off. I watched that game last week against Syracuse. 14-point favorites, and they barely win the game, 17-14. This, this spot just really lines up well for Pitt. This is a game I had circled at the beginning of the year. This is when Pitt beats, like, that ranked team, that one win where they play out, like, out of their bodies well. Now they're favorites, which is kind of crazy, but I still think it's warranted. I think Pitt minus three is a pretty good number, and I, I think I'm, I'm going to play this at three and at three and a half, probably not. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I don't want any piece of that three. It seems like Clemson is um, married to the idea of playing close games, and I think that if you do lose that hook, then I do think that um, it's a uh, you know it it could provide some uh, issues late in the game. Um, one thing I'd like to add is uh, that like all credit to like Kenny Pickens stuff, but the receivers have like so like they had two like very athletic, like big play receivers last year. Um, and, but they had huge drop, drop problems and they have like completely corrected that this year. And 
Clemson has one outstanding corner that could possibly go like top 10, top 15 in the draft, but they have, they've faced a bunch of injuries on the D line and, um, and uh, in the secondary. And then just like uh, normally, like they can depend on a James Skalski to provide like really good linebacker play, but he just hasn't been as good as he normally is this year. I think Pitt's going to be able to put up a bunch of points. I think that Pitt team total over is not the worst look in the world. Um, and if you can get like a 26 and a half, I think that'd be pretty, a pretty solid bet. Cause I think Pitt getting to 27 is, uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a layout, but I do think that that's provides good value. Yeah. I like that angle. I think if you like Pitt, I think you have to kind of think they're getting points here. And, and one thing I'd like to add is that like Pitt's offense has been great, but their defense has been very good too. Um, and which I thought their, their defense was struggling towards the beginning of the year. And I thought they would, and I thought it would be like kind of bad throughout the year just because of how much they lost from the start of last season. But overall, like they've kind of turned a corner and it, you can kind of see there's been a lot of development as the year's gone on. So I, I'm, I am bullish on this pit team. So go pit Panthers. USC is traveling to Notre Dame. Notre Dame is lane seven at home. The total is at 58. Uh, James, where are we looking at here? I really don't have much of an opinion on this game. I think 58 might be a tad high. So, like, I, if anything, I'd lean to the under. Seven seems pretty right here. I'm, just, I'm not high on either, on either of these teams. Notre Dame certainly has not looked the part this year. And then, obviously, USC without Clay Helton. I, just, I don't know what to expect them week to week. They've looked really bad the last few weeks. Um, I think seven's a lot to lay here, but definitely seems about right. Um, it's... It's interesting. So I think that USC has like big time issues, but I think it's almost all on defense. Their pass defense is approach is atrocious. It's 117th in the country in passing and defensive passing success rate. Um, and for a Notre Dame offense that can throw downfield, I believe Tyler Buckner and Michael Meyer will be back and will be playing this weekend. So I think that is going to be, um, like that, that will be kind of important. Um, and, but I will say this about USC, they have the number one rushing success rate uh, on offense and the number 33 uh, passing success rate on offense. So they do have a good offense, like they're sixth in overall success rate, which is uh, impressive. And um, so I was actually thinking about betting uh, over on this total. Um, my one, because I do think that like Notre Dame will be able to uh, kind of pick up big plays and, um, but, and I, do, I don't think Notre Dame's defense is quite good enough to really just kind of shut down USC's offense, which I would understand if you don't want to back their offense by any, by any means, because it's, it's looked a little shaky against some average to below average defenses at times. Uh, but that being said, uh, over is my look. I haven't bet anything here yet. I do think Notre Dame wins. I just think they're a better team and a better coach too. Um, but this also does feel like the kind of game where USC, it's USC's entire season is just going to be put on this game just because, just because of like the general importance of it. And um, so I do think that we could get a little boosted effort than normal um, from USC here. So not that it won't be the same thing from Notre Dame, but Notre Dame is playing for a little bit more than USC, I would say, just because they've got a potential New Year's Six Bowl game that they could possibly look forward to. So um, I'm, I'm looking at the over here. Those are, all um, good, those are all good points. Definitely kept me off the under, so. Uh, that's it. Could you think of, like, any other, like, big games that – we, no. I didn't really mention those seem like the big ones of the weekend. It's not exactly the most glamorous. Yeah, there's no ranked on ranked matchups for the second week in a row. It's uh been tough sledding the last two weeks for sure with these games. The good thing is is that uh pretty soon all of like the really good well, really good quotes, the really good big Rivalry. ten big ten games are coming up. So like Michigan, yeah. Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, they're all gonna be playing each other. So that'll like take it up a bit, which should be good. Um, definitely. I think we'll get some good uh, Big 12 matchups too. Um, before we get to our top five plays of the weekend, let's just get a quick word in from our sponsor, Anchor. All right. Th- excuse me. Thank you to Anchor. Um, 
But let's get into our top five. I am winning uh, by half a game. Uh, I'm at 18 and 12 on the year. Math guy, what is that percentage? 60%. 60%. Love that. Love that. James, you're at 17, 12, and 1. That might be a little more difficult. What's 17? It's, it's probably like 58%. 58%. 17 and a half, 12. Um, I don't know. Uh, so I'll start. My number one play is TCU minus four and a half. Um, and it's simple. So I think TCU has one of the best offenses in the country. Now, it's unfortunate that I think their defense is abject trash, but I don't I don't believe in West Virginia's uh, offensive ability to score on them at all. Uh, TCU, I was actually impressed with TCU last week. Uh, their defense sucked, but I think that when you're not exactly sure what you're preparing for in Caleb Williams and when um, you kind of have um, – like your own defensive issues. I think for the offense to score as many points as they did, um, despite at, at times being in um, like pretty difficult situations, I was very impressed with. They have an ability to put together explosive, explosive plays often. And um, now they're getting back their a starting running back who was among the top five-ish uh, running backs in the country, Zach Evans. Um, so looking forward to that. I think Neil Brown's offense has been an overall disappointment. Um, I Daggy Doggy Doge, whatever it is, just doesn't really <laughs> do it for me. Um, I would I was ho- I was somewhat hopeful on West Virginia at the start of the year. I thought that if Daggy Doggy Doge, whatever his name is, kind of st- sorry, I'm going to say Dogecoin. For now. Dogecoin that works too. Um, if you, I thought we were going to be able to see some kind of uh, improvement from him, but he has he hasn't really. And West Virginia keeps running, running the ball in like poor situations, which I, I don't really like. Um, and I think in my mind, it's I'm just trusting TCU to kind of get um, to be in enough positive defensive situations to where they just get like the couple stops they need to cover the number. It, it's not the biggest number in the world. It's, I, I'm betting this under a touchdown at four and a half. Um, and then. West Virginia's passing defense has just been disappointing. And I think Max Duggan's going to be able to do enough to um, uh, kind of put together big plays and move the ball downfield. So I'm all in on TCU minus four and a half. James, what do you think? Any thoughts here? Yeah, I, def- I definitely lean that way. I think the way I'm going to attack this is probably the team total over. If I get something under 30, 33, 34, uh, under 35, I think it's definitely a play, can be a play for me. Um, but you made really good points for TCU. Uh, West Virginia's just not lived up to the hype this year. This is supposed to be Neil Brown's third year, like just kind of the takeoff year if you look at all past trends for coaches in their third year, but just haven't seen it yet. Uh, and I just think the TCU offense is too good. And the defense does scare me, like you said, so that's kind of why I target the team total instead of the, the spread. I'm trying to pull up that team total over for you real quick. Let's see here. Um, I'm seeing TCU at 31.5 plus 110. Ooh, I do kind of like that. If we can get under 30 and a half. I don't think you're going to get that. But actually, I'll look at another book later. But I kind of like the the plus number. So that is kind of nice. But uh, let's move on to your number one ranked play. Our San Diego State Aztecs getting three and a half. Um, They are at Air Force, correct? Yes. Um, Taking on the wildly successful air force rushing a triple option rushing attack um james what are you uh, what side are you uh betting here i am all over the aztecs it's another year of the same sdsu team it, <laughs> yep. bet on them as a dog fade them as a favorite this year that trend is four and two um and they are a dog here catching points air force is the number one rush offense in the country but sdsu is the number one rush defense so something's got to give here and i think it's air, the air force side SCSU's won this match class eight times. Yes, Rocky Long was the head coach for all those, but I think Brady – no, actually, sorry. Brady Hoke was there when that streak started. Um, I just think they, they defend this really well. Uh, they had an extra day of rest, too, last week after the San Jose State game, so that helps just even that one more day to watch film, watch Air Force play the next day. Um, playing at altitude will be tough for SCSU, but that's just kind of like what you do in the Mountain West. So that kind of – that is a little scary for me, but – I just think three and a half is too many here. The saying Air Force is better on a neutral. I just don't believe that. Um, 
even with SCSU's offensive struggles, I just think they're the better team here. Getting three and a half seems really nice. Um, and I think it's Lucas Johnson starting quarterback, which honestly I, I like more. I, I like his dual threat ability more than Brookshire. So Brookshire's so I'm bad, all, dude. He yeah, hurts. He I, it hurts my eyes watching him play football. Yeah. So I mean, part of the reason SCC's getting three and a half might be the back quarterback, but I really don't think it's a downgrade, like you said. Um, I'm all over SCC plus three and a half. I think play the money line, put them in a round robin, super live here. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and I think that just kind of like the overall experience with the Air Force triple option attack and how they've been able to succeed against it in the past is uh, pretty valuable. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that the change at quarterback kind of re-energizes the offense a bit. And if you can like complete one pass 20 yards down the field, and I think that SDSU likely stays within this number at the, at least. Um, Air, that being said, Air Force has been so impressive this year. Um, I, I'm the idiot who had them to win the Mountain West. I like, I think 28 to one in my bet slip. And I was like, nah, I don't need to waste money on that. So that's a, it's a, it's a big, a big uh, loss for me there. But um, SCSU's defense is incredible. I truly believe it's a top 10 to 15 uh, defense in the country. And when you have to have, or, or when, excuse me, when you have to prepare for a unique scheme like that, I think that um, having that much talent on the defensive side of the ball is just going to help so incredibly much. So I'm a fan of, of uh, taking SCCU as, as the dog. Uh, James, your next play is Wake Forest minus three. And I, so I, I'm, I'm betting army and I very much disagree with this, but I would love to kind of hear your, your take, your angle on Wake Forest. Um, Wake Forest is playing at uh, West Point in their lane three. I don't know what the total is on me. 52 and a half. 52 and a half. Okay. Uh, tell me why Wake's covering. Wake is covering because they have two weeks rest. The offense is too good and they're off a bye. Oh, sorry. Two weeks rest and a bye. They've said the same thing, but this is the type of game Army struggles or yeah, Army struggles in. Um, last week, that that Wisconsin game, that total was 37. And so that's where it closed. Um, in these low-scoring games, like, they thrive in those very few possessions. But now they're playing a Wake Forest offense that's very explosive, big plays all around. And they have two weeks to prep for this uh, this Army triple option. Um, Wake Forest run defense is really poor, but I just think with a total of 52.5, that's rejecting like a 27-24 game. I don't th- – with the way Wake moves the ball, I just don't see Army getting to 24 points unless they are busting off big plays and sustaining drives. But I just don't see it here. I think Wake's too good. Three is a little disrespectful in my mind. Army's getting a lot of credit for what they did against Wisconsin last week. But I think that's more a result of Wisconsin being very bad than Army being good. Um, and like I said, just two weeks prep for that triple option, that could change some things. I, I think three is just a little short, like I said. So Wake minus three is a play. I like this one quite a bit. So I, I didn't include Army in my top five just because I didn't want to have us going like back and forth on the same game with both, both of these. If I did, I think Army would have slotted in at number two. Um, so you alluded to it, but Wake's rushing defense is very, very bad. And I this is going to be like – and that's just – it's this is what I'm focusing on here. So – with hold on one second let me pull my notes up real quick okay so rushing success rate they are 99th in the country um excuse me rushing success rate on defense they're 115th in the country and like army is going to be able to sustain these drives and i don't think that um there's no like, and because I'm getting three points at home, like that's all I need to like bet on this. I don't care. And I think that this is just like simply a talent thing. I don't think it's, it has anything to do with Wake Forest not being ready to scheme up for the triple option. I just don't think they have enough talent up front um, on the defensive side of the ball to slow down the army triple option. And on the flip side of the ball, I can totally agree with you thinking that Wake Forest can be put up a bunch of points, 
But Army already faced a similar offensive passing attack in Western Kentucky, and they won that game with ease. And that even that score was a little bit misleading with, and I would bet Western Kentucky that week, and they had a wildly lucky backdoor with about 15 seconds left on a meaningless touchdown. I think that this is, and with two like similar schemes, I think Army is going to be very well prepared already. Um, and like Army hasn't like been performing well against just bad teams either. I think that I like they like they have like a little bit more difficult of a schedule than like you would normally get as an independent. Um, and I, I just don't find like Wake Forest. So like if Wake Forest needs to slow the, like slow the game, or they are not going to want to use slow the game down. But like at the end of the game, if they need to, uh, if they're trying to run out the clock, I think it's going to be very easy for Army to. Uh, get stops and or else wake force is just gonna have to pass the ball the, the whole game and when you when i kind of get teams like that in situations like that i prefer to go uh, roll with the side that's getting points so give me army plus the three i am very excited to watch this game because i think army is very live here and i think that um i think they are i think this game should be a pick at, at the minimum and i think that getting over a mm-hmm. few or excuse me getting a fuel goal is um a great bet for me here. So go, go army. Um, my second pick. So I'm getting a little ugly here. I guess I'll be uglier with my fifth pick, but so I'm, I'm lane 13 and a half with South Alabama. Yes. You heard that right. Not the school in Tuscaloosa, the school in the Southern part of the state, I guess, cause I don't know what city in Alabama they're in, but um, they're playing They're at, uh, Louisiana Monroe, who is just off a w- outright win against Liberty as 32 and a half point favorites, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Um, and that's going to be their biggest win all year and likely their biggest win for the next 10, 15 years. Um, Louisiana Monroe is horrible. And I think that South Alabama has been very underrated in betting markets this year, throughout the year. They are rank very highly in uh, EPA uh, margins and PPA stats. Um, And I think, so taking out just the complete situational spot in mind, I would have made this uh, 16 and a half or 17. Um, Add in what I find is a huge talent edge, um, a huge uh, coaching edge, and like the letdown spot of all letdown spots for Louisiana and Monroe, who I would argue just won their Super Bowl. Like they're not going to, they're not making a bowl game. And I think they know that. I think at 13 and under two touchdowns is criminal. Um, South Alabama absolutely just destroyed uh, a Georgia State team, I believe. And where they were th- only three point favorites, I still don't think the market's catching up. And I think this, and I think that South Alabama rolls here. James, what do you think? I, I, it's perfectly okay if you don't have any thoughts thoughts about this year. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot here, <laughs> <laughs> but you do make really good points. I mean, you and Monroe every game has been like thirty point dog. They actually have two wins of twenty three and a half point dogs or more. But the week after, I think last time they beat, uh, I can't even remember off the top of my head. But the next week they got absolutely slaughtered. I think something pretty similar happens here. This is a bigger upset than the last one, too. Keep that in mind. Yeah, way bigger. Um, But just to kind of finish off on my point, out of how many Division I football teams are there? 136, right? I thought it was 126. Okay. Uh, Actually, it might be more. They they keep adding. Okay. Um, Anyways, an EPA margin – uh, Louisiana Monroe is 120th in the country. So that is offensive defense combined and offensive success rate. Uh, they are 130th in the country and a defensive success rate. They're 125th in the country. So it, I really, really like where I'm at right now. And then for South Alabama EPA margin, they are sixth in the country. They've been outperforming, uh, expectations all year long and I expect them to continue to do so. And they are writing a, what I think is actually a pretty solid defense here too. So I think they're the South Alabama Cougars. I might be wrong there, but if they are, go I think you're right. Um, my third favorite play is Nevada plus three and a half at Fresno State. And this just comes down to faith in Carson Strong. And what I think 
is a Fresno State secondary that can struggle a bit. Um, Fresno State gives up a bunch of explosive passing plays, and I think that there's no better or there are not many quarterbacks better suited to take advantage of that than Carson Strong. Um, he did while Elijah Cooks was uh, declared out for the year a couple weeks ago, but Romeo Dubs is still healthy and playing. Um, and he has a, a game dominating presence on the field uh, when Carson Strong and him are hitting on, uh, are just hitting at, on max at max speed. Um, I really like getting three and a half here. I think they're very live to win outright. So uh, give me Nevada plus three and a half. James, what do you think? I actually bet this last night before we even talked about our plays. Um, I just think Nevada is better this year, honestly. I think Nevada actually wins the Mountain West this year. So getting three and a half here against Fresno, I'm going to take that all day. This is another game that would make my round robin. Oh, yes, for sure. I've, I, I am, I'm ready to um, – I'm ready to put a little money line dog parlay together because I like a lot of dogs this week. Um, and you're looking at another dog yep. who I, you couldn't get me to bet on this game. If like you can do it, even if you tried as hard as you possibly could, but you're back in LSU plus nine. I believe they're a home dog, right? No, they're on the road. They're on the road. Okay. They're on the road. Taking on Ole Miss, please. With everything that went on with Ed Orgeron, please explain the, uh, the love for LSU here. That's why I like it. I think you're getting a lot of value because people are just talking about what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, all week on Twitter is talking about like his like his off the field relations with women, whatever it may be. Um, and the players all on Twitter have come out and defended him. I think this is a win one for Eddie O. I think last week was a game like that too. But Ed Orgeron was a former coach at Ole Miss, and I think they had a really bad endings, left a bad taste in his mouth. I think the last three years he's played Ole Miss, he's covered every spread by a million points. It's just been an absolute buzzsaw against Ole Miss. And catching nine here is really nice because it sounds like Lane Corral is very pessimistic about Matt Corral playing. So that leaves him with a true freshman backup. It's not John Reese Plumley. It's not a there's no my guy boy John Reese Plumley. Sorry, Chaz's boy John Reese Plumley <laughs> is a true freshman. I just think getting nine here is a lot of points, especially for a game that I think LSU can score whenever they want. Tennessee looked really bad offensively the first half half last week and then i don't know if you're watching chaz but in the second half they moved the ball really really well um so i, I think more of the same happens for lsu here and i think it could be a bit of a hangover spot for ole miss i mean they won the last last two games um literally just by stopping a two-point conversion and a touchdown as time expired so maybe a little bit of a flat spot here and i think lsu gives it they're all for coach oh they try to finish the year strong that ending to that ole miss game was astounding i mean and, I, i'm not anarchy. even I'm not even talking about like the, I mean, like those idiots throwing trash on the field. Like that was whatever. Like, first of all, grow up. There's bad calls in sports sometimes. I'm talking about Joe Milton not throwing the ball into the end zone. That was insane. He just ran out of bounds. That blew my mind. (laughs) You can see like the 12 yard line. He saw what he was doing. He's like, oh, oh, he's like, he's like, oh, fuck this. I don't want to get hit. (laughs) It's just like jogged out. You're like tapped out. I could not believe it. <laughs> Coming in as a backup, you have the chance to be a hero, and that's what happens. Just astounded me. Yeah, it's um, insane. You make good points. Uh, I, I just my thing is there's with so much distraction going on, which I guess you could possibly make the argument that there's a lot of distraction going on about like maybe you're getting a bunch of questions about what happened last week with all the fans. But so if, like for both teams, I get it. I. From what I've heard, um, I've heard that Kiffin likes that that next quarterback. Like he sees like a similar talent level to Matt Corral, so maybe it's you know he gets a little excited to play with, um, you know his his future quarterback. But um, I don't know. I I want no part of this game. So I I'm rooting for you. There you go, James. Um, Appreciate that. Hey, anytime. Uh, Purdue, your fourth play. You're back in Purdue plus three and a half, which I was shocked that it went back up half a point. Um, yeah, me too. They're hosting Wisconsin. Um, Purdue, of course, off their humongous win, beating Iowa, the, who was the second-ranked team in the country, correct? Yes. And Did they rush the field? Uh, well, it was at Iowa, so I don't think they rushed the field. Oh, okay, never mind that. Um, 
Wow, that is an impressive win. Um, so th- they're getting three and a half. Why do you like this? I just don't know what warrants uh, Wisconsin being a favor on the road against anyone in the country right now. I, th- I think they're a really bad football team. And on the other side of the ball, Purdue outgained Iowa last week and was thoroughly the better team the entire game. Uh, the scoreboard told no lies. Purdue dominated from beginning to the end. Uh, they've outgained every point, every point of this year. The offense is quick. It's just at times they have lapses and bad turnovers that cost them. But getting three and a half here, I really like this. I just I don't understand how Wisconsin gets margin in this game. I mean, they struggle to score as is, and now you get like a Purdue team that's got a pretty decent defense. It's just firing on all cylinders on offense right now, frankly. And I think of Wisconsin as like kind of an Iowa light, and Purdue just went into Iowa and absolutely took apart the Hawkeyes. And I think that just bodes really well here. I really just don't understand this line at all. It's just, it almost makes me not like it because I just don't understand how you're saying Wisconsin is six, six and a half points better on a neutral. Give me Purdue in three and a half here. This is probably my favorite money line play. Love Purdue. I mean, if Wisconsin is, if Wisconsin's hosting this Purdue, what, plus seven, plus seven and a half? Probably plus seven and a half, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd play that in a heartbeat too. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, I think also you got to believe, I mean, there, I, you and I often talk about how there's like this little like phenomenon of teams being ranked for the first time in either like a really long time or in school history, something like that. And then it's just like the ultimate letdown spot. I think Jeff Brom is like the kind of coach where I'm not putting a bunch of faith in that. And, um, I, I agree that Purdue offense looked good last week and has a very good defense and they take care of the football. Um, my one worry is I don't believe they played last week, but they're not getting back the, um, like the, I, they had a couple running backs out and I think a tight end um, who I'm, I'm not sure they're, if they're playing, they're really moving this number all that much, but they won't be playing this week. Um, but you know what? It looked like they didn't even need them. So um, I, I do like Purdue plus three and a half. This will also be going in the uh, uh, the money line uh, the money line parlay for me. So, go Boilermakers. My fourth play is I'll I'll admit it's a little bit of of an of an, of an ugly play. I'm back in Miami plus three and a half. Um, weird ending to their game last week um, with like a weird interception kind of, but I would argue that they played well enough to possibly win that game. Um, against North Carolina, who North Carolina was easily my worst call of the, the entire preseason. It's just kind of disappointing to watch. But um, Sorry, bro. I bet under Michigan State four and a half, and they're seven and zero right now. So, Dang. I, no, I don't, you, think, it's, I don't think it's quite as bad as that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Holy cow. Pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, goodness, that is insane. Um, so, I, I am – Kind of believing in the my in Miami's uh, freshman quarterback, I think Van Dyke or something like that. I don't know. I, I he looked yeah yeah pre- he yeah, looked pretty good last week. They were moving the ball. They were scoring points. Um, the defense was, was a mess, but I think North Carolina's offense is such a massive step up from from what NC State can do. So I'm not super worried about that. Um, if Miami can cause any pushback against nc state's run game i think they're very live to win this game i think getting the hook uh with the field goal is, is important to me here so and i don't think i would play it at three but um i i just have don't have much faith in the nc state offense the passing passing game is very weak and i think that's where you can take advantage of miami and i don't think it's quite good enough to put up an ugly number on this team um in miami like they've been fighting and they've been putting up, uh, I think, impressive second-half performances. So even if they are down 10-13 at half, I'm not super worried uh, about them getting back into the game because, like, that, they've been doing that the last couple of weeks. So um, I am playing the Miami Hurricanes here. This also uh, – they do they still do have a shot at a bowl game. So I, I they do have – I wouldn't say their season is completely over. Maybe it's disappointing so far, but – they're still very much playing for things here. And Manny Diaz is absolutely coaching for his job. So I do like Miami plus three and a half. James, what do you think? Yeah, definitely in that way. I think NC State is overvalued. I think they've kind of carried that Clemson win to where they are now. And obviously, we now we know Clemson's just not that not that good this year. 
Um, three and a half seems like a lot to lay on the road. And my, I was actually pretty impressed with, with Miami last week, mostly their offense, but I think their offense can keep them in it here. And you can, you can convince me about some three and a half here. Uh, all right. That way. My final play, and this was the ugly one. I, this is this is the ugly one I was talking about. So I don't have much in the way of like statistical analysis, I guess I'll say. Um, which you can get on me for that if you want. But I do think this number is too big because Georgia State, they're just not a very good team. And I think that I need to find my notes on this game first. Here it is. Um, and so I'm betting Texas State uh, plus 10 and a half. They are on the road at Georgia State. So this is two very bad teams. And I think getting 10 and a half points is way too is way too much with Georgia State's pass defense as bad as it is. So I think this is going to be at very ripe for a backdoor. Um, and Georgia State's offense has just been an overall mess, especially last week against South Alabama was pretty embarrassing. I they like they were like they couldn't decide whether or not they wanted to like run their triple option stuff or they didn't want to. So I. I think something might possibly be going on there. And when they do try and pass the ball, it is just not working out for them. Um, uh, there was a lot of um, their quarterback ranks pretty high in a turnover worthy plays. And um, while I am not, it's pretty hard to advocate for Texas state just as like an overall team. I mean, they're 116th in EPA margin and uh, def- most of that's uh, defensively where their defense just isn't that great. Um, but offensively, they have been able to move the ball. They're pretty average in terms of offensive success rate. So, I, And that's where my confidence is falling. I just think they're able to score enough points to uh, keep it a close game. So, uh, And I'm getting 10.5 points. So give me Texas State plus 10.5. Um, I'm not going to waste my time with the money line bet. It's just if they win, cool. I'll, I'll have won my 10.5. Uh, I'll have won my spread bet, but... James, do you have anything here, or are, are we good to move on? Yeah, we're, we're good here. <laughs> All right. You, I'm sure you'll be watching that one with great interest, though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, that was convincing. Uh, James, your final play. Kansas State is traveling to Texas Tech, and Kansas State is getting one. Uh, what are your thoughts here? I like K-State plus one. So Texas Tech is five and two, while K-State is three and three, but – I think Texas Tech is super overvalued at five and two. If you look at through their schedule, they've had an absolute cupcake schedule. And the only two teams that they've played worth a damn just blown them out of the water in TCU and Texas. I think K-State is much closer to those two teams than everybody else Texas Tech has played. Yes, it is a road spot. And K-State has struggled the last few weeks, but their schedule has been much harder. They've played like Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State the last three weeks. So. I think this is a get-right game for them, even if it may be on the road in a close line, closely lined game. I just think they're a better team here, and if it's a pick, I'm going to take it all day. This is another one that might be making my round robin. I uh, I disagree a little bit. Um, I think Kent State's been kind of disappointing to me on defense, and I don't have I didn't really have a whole lot of faith in their offense to begin with. Although I love what they can do on the ground. Um, this isn't to say that I'm betting Texas Tech. I'm not. Um, but I think that they've been very efficient passing the ball. And I think that's kind of where I've been let down the most by K-State. I thought coming into the year, they're going to have a much better secondary uh, just due to scheme and talent than they do. I think I'm hoping that we see that next year because I do believe in Chris Kleiman a lot. Um, but I uh, really, my main worry, it just comes down to I, uh, Henry uh, Columbia. I think his name is the quarterback for Texas Tech. He's been outstanding. Um, he's been super efficient and he's been making all the throws. And I think Matt Wells at, has done a pretty good job at Texas Tech. I w- wouldn't be surprised if we see him kind of upgrade to a, a better gig in the next couple of years. So um, I'm, I'm pretty impartial here. But when you're betting on Chris Kleiman and you're telling me to bet on Chris Kleiman, I, it's hard for me to disagree with that. So um, uh, another one, another case where I'll be rooting for K-State here. Um, that's going to do it. One thing I forgot to add in the intro is that we both bet Oklahoma to uh, win the title again. Oh, yeah, I got sorry. fourteen to one. I I thought uh, I thought I told you there there is a fourteen to one. That was my bad. Did you say you bet ten to one? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't have access to fourteen one. Best as I was ten, but still interested me. Um, Caleb Williams uh, has just absolutely moved the needle for me to bet it again. Though I, mean, I think at fourteen to one, even lower than it is, and I think that's ridiculous. Um, and I and I do think that if people have concerns about the Oklahoma defense, I I I, I genuinely do believe that they just went up against possibly the best offense they'll see all year until like a matchup against Ohio state. I do think that TCU's defense is that good. And they always just have the answer for what Oklahoma does on defense. So like I'm really not super worried there, Um, but uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. There's like, there's like not really ranked matchups this week, but like I'm looking forward to see the mountain West showdown SDSU versus Nevada, Oklahoma state, Iowa state interests me. That should be good. And then, my boys at Pitt are going to dominate this week, and I'm pumped. Anything else before we close it out? No, I think we hit pretty much everything. Next week's a better week, so we'll probably have a longer pod for that. Yeah, More for good sure. games. Uh, and we got college basketball coming around the corner mm-hmm. very, very quickly. I'm excited. Sneaking up on us. Um, for our, Excuse me. I got to plug Twitter real quick. Uh, don't forget to follow us at the Sharp Side Pod on Twitter. Um, please go rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts subscribe to our feed on spotify if that's where you're listening um shout out to greg and pocket cast i don't think greg listens to the college show very much but uh i i gotta throw that in, in there anyways but um yeah uh thank you all for listening um we're gonna win a lot of money this weekend because that's what we i guess not me last weekend but our picks have been doing very well the last couple of weeks and i'm looking to continue it uh for the sharp side podcast thanks for listening guys let's go win some money